0: Welcome to 3D, your source for great NBA talk from our spot here in the T DOT. My name is Dave Levitt. That's the D. This week's three, the Raptors seem to have been struggling of late to make things work. Now they're at 500, but you know, is that enough to save the coaching staff this offseason? Then we take a look at BS that is coming out of Ben Simmons and whether or not this is the end of the career not just the end of the season. And then we finally ended on a positive note because we're looking at the surprise team of the year, the Sacramento Kings, and whether or not they are real, true contenders to come out of the West. My guest this week is Harrison Chu, back from his life on the road. So sit back, relax, and let's walk you through three big stories from around the association. hey harrison welcome
1: hey david how's it going
0: good man long time you've uh, you've been on the road you've uh you're uh, you're, a, you're a road warrior you're a traveling circus of one
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it feels like that
0: feels like that how, how are you how it's been it, it has been a while so before we jump into all the topics how are you what's going on uh
1: it's just been working man a little busy but it's been good it's been good yeah yourself
0: uh, I'm I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, everything's uh, moving along. Uh, my question uh, is: uh, with all the traveling, are you able to keep up with hoops? Or are you are you watching games, or are you just following highlights on Twitter and stuff?
1: Uh, a little bit of both. I do I do keep following the games um, here and there when I can, when you can, right? Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah.
0: And this season's been a been a. I mean, this there's. I don't know about. It feels like this one. Uh, I don't know about you, but I feel like every season I say this. But this one's been really off-court drama, right? There's has been a lot of off-court stuff that even if you're not following every game, you're still able to hear all the all the noise and nonsense and stuff.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of teams that are like in the beginning of the year, you wouldn't think where they'll be where they are right now, too. So. Right. Right. Well, okay.
0: and I think I think that's a perfect segue into our first topic, which is the Raptors, the local the local guys. I don't think most people coming off the last season had them pegged around this. Um, not to toot my own horn, but I said, I don't think that they're a fifth, fourth or fifth team in this conference. I did think that they would be a little lower down around this play-in. Uh, sure enough, it played out. Obviously I didn't see, you know, all of this coming together. So they, they make the trade for Jakob. They, they, you know, it looks like they're, they're putting their chips in the middle. They're going to try and go. And it looked like there was maybe an opportunity for them to move up. It hasn't really happened. So yeah. I'm asking you this, if they make the play-in tournament, and it looks like they're going to make the play-in tournament, but then they don't go anywhere at the play, like they, they're one and done. Is the coaching staff or the coaching department, is that is that in trouble? Because there's rumors now about Nick Nurse and, and, and might be in trouble. But what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, I personally don't think this is fully to blame on Nick Nurse's part. Um, I do think at the end of the day, our major issues is the makeup of the team. Um, and you can sort of see it on both ends from our D leagues to even um, our, our pro team, right? Like our 905 team is not doing so well either. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from top down, it's, it's sort of clear to see that like this sort of 6'9 long boy experiment isn't really working out. And I think it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely caught up to us.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, you, so you don't think it's – but it, it's still like a trend around the league is to have a lot of, you know – switchable guys everybody switches on everything so to do that you need guys between like six seven and, and and six nine who can switch right so you just don't think that it's worked here or you don't think it's going to work period
1: no i think the way we're doing it is a lot more rigid mm-hmm. um if you look at the types of wing players that we have at six nine and it's, it's it's very it's almost all like kawaii clone-esque right yeah we, we have like multiple versions of poor man versions of kawaii yeah so um i think with any uh team that's trying to strive for you know the nba playoffs let alone the um, finals you got to have multiple tools in the toolkit right or the the toolbox yeah in the beginning our year the year that we won we had multiple different types of tools Mm -hmm. this year we just have six hammers and that doesn't really (laughs) fit yeah no uh, When it comes, right?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, if you look, and I, I I look at the bench, and now you know, uh, I'm going to go back and say like at the beginning of the year, and then the slightly revised bench now because you have Gary Trent coming off the bench, which actually I think is a good fit for him. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it, they had their 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 starting their starters at the beginning of the year were Pascal and OG and Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent and Fred VanVleet. Okay, fine. Sure, you're a little undersized. You're going with Pascal at the center, but then your three, your only bench pieces that they played regularly were all the same guy, in Thad yeah. Young, Chris Boucher, and Precious Achua If you don't have yeah. any diversity off your bench, what are you doing? Like that's not a that's not a recipe for success at all. And even no. now, Thad Young's out. You can you can drop Thad out, and you can replace him with Gary Trent coming off the bench. It's a little bit like he's a he's asked to do the Jordan Clarkson thing, where he's come in and score really operate but like you know what I, I i there's you still don't have a backup point like for two years you haven't had a backup point guard and if the goal here is to make scotty the backup point guard you can't have him running out and having to cover guys you know the uh, length of the court and cover the best play like I, I just don't understand what the plan is from both a from for your point like a uh, a roster construction but i also don't understand it from a coaching point of view
1: yeah, yeah. Now I'll give you this on the on the the coaching aspect. I do feel like Nick's a lot more rigid than he was before. Like when he first started off, I I've always thought he was the type of coach where no matter the team, no matter the players that you give him, he's he's able to sort of um, push that player or use that player's to best to their potential or where they um, are the best at, like what what kind of player yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah, but now a combination of the 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 whole sort of where we're leaning towards the six nine thing, but also he he's very stick he, he he's just looking to win right now, so he sticks to the the, the couple of players that he feels like he trusts. Right, and it's it's I don't know. It, it feels like not only the season, but just in a in a game structure, the first three quarters. Yeah, we might throw some you know wild defensive setups or or. Um, capitalize on poking the ball away and, and and capitalizing on breakaway points. But at the fourth quarter where everything slows down and the the players are basically, they feel out who you are and what you play that. It just doesn't, it doesn't really, it's, 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 it's the same old tricks from the Raptors basically. Right.
0: Yeah. What was once innovative, you know, four years ago is now, stale yeah yeah you have yeah, to constantly, yeah. i don't disagree
1: look and, if, and i think we're on the wrong side of the trend too um the trend with the nba is spacing and shooting yeah and i don't think we have any of that
0: well that was a, that was, that was my, my next point it's like you know the the nba and you know love it or hate it um uh it is a it is now shooting it is completely a shooting league it is not you know like yeah, you get some good breakaway dunks and you might get some, you know, but it's not like it's not a varied offense, right? It, not it, at all. It starts outside and then, you know, if they have to go inside because that's all they, ha- they can get, then they'll take it. But, like, if you're going to play a bunch of guys who are 6'7 to 6'9 because you like their defense and you like to be able to reach in, then those guys got to shoot. They, and they got to shoot better than 30% from, from outside. They have to be 34 37% shooters from outside to keep guys honest or it, it don't
1: work. Because yeah. the guys you can shoot who are quicker than you. Who can and we them. have, like, we have very similar type archetype players. We have players, oh, yeah. not good shooters. Naturally, they're not good shooters. They're not talented scorers. As much as, like, Scotty, Pascal, where he's at now, OG, um, these type of players, they grind, and it's such a tough um, play for mm-hmm. them to score two points. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the other team just gets to the other end, hits an easy bucket three. Like it's, it's, the path doesn't work anymore. No. And I I like,
0: yeah. I I like what, so that's a great example of like another team. Like, so when we played Philadelphia, right. So technically the Raptors and Philly are, are rivals, I guess, from the, from the game seven game and the, you know, MB stuff and all that, you know, great stuff. And I'm, I'm here for rivals, but when you look at your rival and you go, okay, they went and got James Harden and then they turned and James Harden, give him credit. He turned his game from being a scorer to now being a facilitator. Because he saw what was around him and he's like, Okay, I gotta do this, I gotta change my game up a little bit. And he's super talented, he's able to do it when he's you know motivated and in shape. That's always been James Harden's thing. But they yeah. have Tyrese Maxey who can who can you know score. He's bouncy, he gets off the, the dribble. But then they went out this summer and they're like, Okay, what do we need? We need some defensive guys and we need some guys who can hit threes. Well, they went out and got DeAndre Melton. And that's not a sexy pickup, but DeAndre Melton is exactly what that team needed in that a guy who can come off the bench, give you 15 to 18 minutes, hit some threes, and make sure that he's a plus on the floor as opposed to a negative on the floor, right? It's fine if you go and hit, you know, he scores six points, but if he doesn't give up, if the guy he's guarding only scores four, then he's plus. Do you know what I mean? Like, and he contributes to the scheme. That's what I don't feel like the Raptors have that other than Jakob, who came in and is now sort of, now you're like, oh, this is what this team could be well it's great that we're doing this for the last 18 games. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got to get I, aggressive I, about this and I think that that's on the to your point that's on the uh, front office but I also really really agree with you that schemes
1: have to change. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's a part make that much because we gave him a toolbox full of hammers. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And like like you expecting him like if you look at the any championship team they're able to give you different looks, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, like right. let's look at Milwaukee, right? It's either Giannis is, like, tearing up havoc and, and getting into the paint, or you have Middleton that could take you on one-on-one, bring you inside and out, or you have Drew Holiday, just, yeah. you know, 3 three and D and a great leader, very underrated for the little things that he does. Yeah, um,
0: and, then, and then to your point, and then they go and they, they add guys. Then what did they do in this offseason when they were, like, tinkering? They – well, I mean, they had Lopez already, but they basically have got Lopez to reinvent his game so that when Giannis is on the floor, he's a shooter. When Giannis is off the floor, he's an interior guy, which is incredible. But then they go in and get a guy like Joe Ingles, and they're like, listen, we don't care. Heel, go ahead. We don't need you for the first 45 games. We'll figure it out. Come back, get in the rhythm, and then become that corner off the bench
1: guy who can just, you know, torch threes. And that's what he does. Yeah. And I think I think, like, if you look at all the championship teams – even like the w- Warriors, they had players that know their roles, Yep. and and, and were really good in, in what they needed to do, wow. right? Draymond I think- is
0: a perfect example. Draymond's got triple singles according to Charles, but
1: he's a warrior. Yeah, or even uh, characters like Grayson Allen, or even like uh, uh, who was it, Gary Payton the third, right, or second? Yeah, GB2 two, guys. Yeah, yeah GB two, like those guys were glue guys that just knew what they needed to do. And yep. stuck with it. I feel like we're stretching out all our players, trying to make them guard from one to se- one to five. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're trying to put them into positions that they're not com- naturally comfortable with. Yeah, so, like we, yes, it's awesome that we're turning OG into a, three, a, a decent three point shooter, but he's not a shooter, right? No. Let no. alone let alone um, Pascal. Like his 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 dribble penetration and his drives and his mid range is getting better. But for him to be a cold-blooded, cold-hearted scorer for the last couple seconds of the game, that's a tough ask for him because naturally he's not a good scorer. Yeah, I, not, I agree he is for now.
0: all the for all the jumps that um, that Pascal has made, and you know, you can you could probably talk me into an argument that he's still all NBA top fifteen um, type of guy because of the all, all the hustle and the little things. Do like, do you trust him to get you uh a fadeaway three pointer in the corner like Kawhi did the other the, that time in the game seven? Because I don't.
1: And yeah, not. and I,
0: I just think he's I just think his
1: role is better as a as a one A or a two. I definitely think it's a two, two, three option for now. Awesome. I think the, the I think Pascal exceeds the most when he is not uh the number one. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, like no one looks at this Raptors team coming down to the fourth quarter on the last couple of minutes, even if they're behind or ahead, whatever, whatever the circumstances, no one's scared of us. I'm not even – I don't trust us. No. right? Like, like, you have the ball in Fred's hand or you have the ball in Pascal's hand. It's not like when it used to be where you had Kawhi or other teams have certain superstars. You give it to them, they're like, oh, we have a freaking chance. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. with us, it's like, oh, how are we going to lose this? How are we going to – Drop yeah. a, a play and just make 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 the the wrong pass or the, a forced shot, because everyone's already sort of knows our plays now. Because we don't really have a certified go to score or a star for these type of moments. Well, we and have look schemes to to accomplish a two or a three.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. And I, and I was gonna say like I, I, we can we can we can move on after this if you want. But um, I also think that there's something to it. You said like, okay, so he's he is a great. Pascal is showing a lot of things and really great things, but are we winning? Cause I don't really, you know, like Chris Bosh all-star, you know, multiple time all-star for the Toronto Raptors, you know, big time score, big points, you know, good numbers, but the team didn't win. You know, mm. and if Pascal is, if you would, if you want to argue that Pascal is the number one option the past two years, because let's say the Tampa year wasn't so great and whatever the last yeah. two years, the Raptors struggled he struggled at the beginning as well. He was injured. Then he came back and had that, like, he caught fire, and they just – and they caught, him, caught a wave. This year, the whole year, he was expected to be that guy. He has been a great scorer, and but the team's not winning. Now, that that's not on his shoulders, but to me, if you had a guy above him and he was slotted into number two, then aren't you looking like a better team?
1: Yeah. And it's like – I think there's also an issue where we don't have the person that is number one. It's yeah. sort of Fred A. Fred Fred is one A and, and Pascal is one B or, or vice versa, right? Yeah, yeah. And then um we I don't know. We don't really have a flow or a, a perfect brand for our team. Like it used to be like the like we're the defensive team and we're gonna poke the ball away. If you don't protect the ball, it's it's just gonna be, you know, a horrible game for you. But all the teams know now, they just we're gonna struggle on offense. They're gonna try to. We're gonna try to poke the ball away and and, and disrupt your offense. But as long as you protect the ball and you you stay within punching distance with us, by the fourth quarter, we're we're probably tired or somebody's gonna lack, and then they they have a chance to come back. I don't know. It's just this, the Raptors aren't as scary as they used to be, even defensively now. So it's no. like, okay, what's what's our identity now? Like, what's the point of having? Three yeah. players that overlap, and you have the same bench players uh, that are doing the exact same thing. Like, there's no variety. Like, even when we were in the championship, we had our starting five, and we also had the bench mob, where it brought a, a, a very different look of Raptors. Mm-hmm. And that's why we were able to, you know, our bench team was able to keep us within games or even uh, put up a couple more numbers on the board. Yeah, because it was the, statistically, it was, I think, at the top three bench in the in the league at the time. Yeah, because it was a very different looking Raptors team when the, the bench mob came up. Yeah. And it was it was a younger group of guys that, that brought energy and that were killers, right? But now it's just like, okay, you have Precious that's going to do Precious things and Boucher that's going to do Boucher things. Everybody knows what they do. Yep. You have Gary Trent Jr. coming off the bench. That's fine. But you have no point guard running that team. Yep. So, and then we don't have to talk about the small forward position where it's sometimes Will Barton, sometimes, I don't know. It's just it's just a big question mark, you know, every other day <laughs> with the Raptors. So, I don't know. Again, like it's the whole analogy I'm giving that we we, we handed Nick Nurse a, a toolbox full of hammers and be like, hey, use it as a screwdriver or whatever, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He he could do it, but it's gonna be a shoddy job.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. So so you're giving um, you're giving the coach a little bit less of uh, the blame. Okay. Yeah,
1: and if, if you think about it too, like. Our D league isn't looking too great. No, guys that we actually developed, we didn't keep, and and guys that we tried to flip for. As much as you know, big ups to Bobby Webster. He's he's he's, he's part Asian and good for I have that bias for him, but <laughs> if you look at his track record, it hasn't been too great, right? We, we drafted Dude, Delano. Yeah, which, the draft but, record is not great. It's not that great. Um, and we 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 gave up guys like O'Shea set for Utah and then didn't keep Utah, left let him go, brought in Wancho instead. But what's Wancho now? Wancho's Will Barton. Well, uh, yeah, like, exactly. it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I get it? Yeah.
0: No, I don't disagree. I, I, I mean, now, you, had, you had O'Shea Brissett, who, who was here, and couldn't quite crack the rotation because they couldn't figure out. Same thing with Utah. You, I mean, Utah Watanabe was the story at the beginning of the year because he was you know, hitting threes and killing threes. Now, if you look at his numbers now, they're not anything – but, you know, you had guys internally, and you're like, no, we don't want that guy. We want this guy, because maybe he'll do something different for us. You're like, how about you just develop some guys? Because that's what you were known for. That's what the Raptors were known for, developing, yeah. you know. Um, anyway, we can go on about the Raptors, and we will uh, uh, for, uh, in the future. But I want to talk about some uh, somebody who the Raptors were, at, at one point, apparently, rumored and interested in trading for, which makes no sense to me. And that's Ben Simmons. Because the the – I'm trying to think of the – see the date here. It was yesterday. Yeah, Saturday. So we recorded recording this on Sunday afternoon. Uh, on Saturday afternoon, the 25th of March, Brooklyn uh, put out a statement saying that they do not expect Ben Simmons back. He's missed 16 yeah. games in a row, 32 of the 74 games this season. And with something called – a now it's, they're saying it's a back impingement, which basically yeah. he's got a bad back. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and they said they're going to determine the long best long-term course of treatment. <laughs> if he doesn't come back this season, and and then there's question marks going into next season, is this it for him? Is he done? Because, you know, like, the, the, the narrative has gone from, oh, my God, look at what Ben Simmons can do, to, oh, my God, look at what Ben Simmons can't do.
1: And that's even get on the court. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like, like it what was that, like, three, four years ago? Yeah, three right? years ago. Three, three, four, three, years ago. Yeah, three years ago, there were actual conversations were like is ben simmons or between ben simmons or pascal who do you want and you know even as a rap friend i was like oh ben simmons like is showing stuff that you can't teach right basketball iq um you know court savviness and just being a great point guard in a 69 610 body and yeah. that's a rare find and behind joel really he was he was able to flourish in that respect but now that i don't know i just he's just He's just broken all around, right? He, he, he Okay, okay. at the very least, he was touted to be a good defensive player mm-hmm. and a great, a great large point guard. Towards the Nets' career, like this season even, when there, there was Kyrie and Durant, he wasn't even on the best player to defend. So it's like, what do you bring to the table now? You just bring extra drama. Clearly, you're not really a good professional. Yeah. What's the point? The only type of opportunities I could see him being uh, like staying in the NBA is if he takes a dramatic pay cut and it's on a young team and he's able to just fully, you know, go through the Markel faults treatment, <laughs> go to Orlando and rehab for two years. And be, yeah. 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 You know, a good. better player where it's like, you could be a decent viable playoff off the bench or even a key player in a playoff team. Do you want but to- I don't see him to have, I don't see him to have that drive and that, tenacity to do that
0: no that's the thing i don't see it either and you want to know what's crazy is he still has so i'm looking at his contract here and he still got uh the 24 uh twenty three twenty four which is n- next season he's he's owed 37.8 and change million and then his last year which is twenty four, twenty five, he's owed 40.3 million dollars those are those are no one taking you i mean not that i don't think anyone's going to take him Anyway, but you take a flyer on a guy if it's like, yeah, uh, you know, 16, 18. eighteen. You're like, okay, well, we can fit that in. We, we'll figure. We'll try. And, you know, see what's got. But at forty, he's Russell, He's Russell Westbrook, isn't he? Like, he's he's the guy who's like. Not only is he kind no. of. Well, I mean, I, I think Russell Westbrook's a better player. But what
1: I'm saying is, like, Russell <laughs> Westbrook, like, the, the, least, like, no one's going to trade for least, him. At least Russell Russ Westbrook is a professional. He and he could still do what he needs to do to put up numbers and stats on yeah. the board.
0: No, no, listen. I'll take. I like Russ. I don't like yeah. his contract, but I I like him. But what I, what I mean to say is, like, he's Russell Westbrook, and that you can't trade for him.
1: I don't know. I, I I still think like there are teams that would are willing to trade, and we already see that, right? There are teams that are still willing to trade for Russ, right? I. I but the thing about Simmons is, is like, I don't think he's the type of player to be like, yeah, I'm willing to negotiate with you for to get waived. Yeah, take, he, he's. I think he's. No, he's taking that cash. Oh, he's taking that cash, and he so has no self awareness of the situation yeah. around him. Clearly, right? Or and he has, give,
0: or he doesn't give a shit,
1: or he's just mentally weak, and which is probably the, the case. He's just mentally weak individual mm. that like he's not willing. He's rather just sit out this like and, and play out this contract where he gets all this money and and quote unquote fame that comes around with this money. Yeah. Instead of like you know downsizing to a smaller house where he can afford that mortgage type of deal, yeah. <laughs> like well, he's well, not that type he, of person to do that.
0: He yet yeah, to extend your house metaphor. He's he's got a really nice uh, property, but it needs a lot of work, and he's not willing to be like you know what. I'm gonna take the take a little bit of a loss on this to go to a situation that is better for me, and you know,
1: nice. And to, the to the house is haunted. <laughs> Well, it's starting to, right? It's starting to feel that way. No, it Like, like he, he, like even like his situation with his girlfriend around him, right? The, well, his ex girlfriend now, yeah. Right, that that situation played out horribly, yeah, um, in public. So it's like you're off court, on court, everything's bad. Yeah, it's just not, well, it's, then, it's
0: not you yeah. know. And I don't want to pile on to a 26 year old guy who's, you know, listen. That dude's got generational money now. He's got one, you know, the total by the time the contract is over is about $178 yeah. million bucks. Like, he'll be – Props fine. to him. Yeah, props to him. Yeah, good for you. You know, and he'll be – if he's 26, he'll be 28, 29 when the contract is over. If he wants another contract, he'll go. But I think he'll get much smaller, obviously, value. But otherwise, he yeah. can just be like, yeah, see you later, guys. I'm, I'm done. Uh, see you later, and he'll go off and become
1: whatever. But or you can still make bank in China and Europe. Like he's still well, a decent too, basketball and he, player. I, just, I don't think
0: I don't think his ego will let him be. Yeah, eight twenty nine. Let him not be in the NBA for sure. But yeah, it's there for him. But I think uh, I want to sort of just change. The, I heard uh, Slam Ball is coming back. Slam Ball? No, <laughs> no. He never. He he gives up Yeah. <laughs> That's think, true. I don't think he can get dunked. Can you I imagine? I think he, he gets dunked off a trampoline and passes it out for a three. <laughs> <laughs> Just chucks it right right over the cage and straight out into the crowd. Yeah, off those trampolines is amazing. Yeah. Um, no, I you know what? I I want to sort of widen that the the lens here, and I want to look. So like, Brooklyn for example was a team that was looking. You know, new owner came in. Joe Sy comes in at the time. He buys it off that Russian dude. Who himself made the same mistake when you know these owners come in and they buy expensive new players. They want the sh- they want the shiniest, fanciest. Way. So like they didn't even like have a meeting with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant just put out a tweet said, "I'm going to Brooklyn," and Brooklyn was like, "Cool, all right, we're going. We got him. We got him and Kyrie. All right, let's get let's do it." And then they go and they get James Harden. You know, and they go all in. All those guys are gone. Ben Simmons is now on the uh, sitting on the on the shelf, um, but phoenix did the exact same thing that you know gets a new owner the guy's excited oh kevin durant i can get kevin durant let's get do you think that that era is ending with the current crop of stars meaning like kevin durant's 35 lebron's 38 chris paul's 39 this player empowerment i don't think it's ever going to go away where players don't have the, the, the leverage but i don't see it happening to the same extent now where it got crazy where like teams literally don't even take meetings they're just like you just tell us if you're you know it's almost like kevin durant's like i'm acquiring the brooklyn nets in a merger of kevin durant industries and brooklyn nets basketball like you know what i mean like it just seemed a bit much so i'm wondering mm-hmm. if, if you think that maybe that that, that that's going to start to go away a little bit or or be reined in a little bit because those big name players are gone
1: they're for going. sure i think i think the whole situation that played out in the nets um, with both the uh, uh, superstars or three of them before, um, I think definitely left a bad taste all around, right? Whether it's from the players' side of things or the owner's side of things, um, I don't think the the unique thing about the NBA and you know, what what keeps us sort of going each year is, is all of the the player movements too, right? Right. So I don't think that's going to go away. If if a guy at the end of the day, these guys aren't taking meetings or going in depth with guys like LeBron or KD, because you know what you're going to get. You're getting one of the best players ever to play yeah. the game. Okay. Right? So you're, you're, you're willing to sort of like flip the table per se, or, or like clean the table per se. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. I know what you're saying. To, yeah, yeah. to strive for greatness with these type of characters. Um, with that being said though, like I think there is definitely a balance where smaller markets like ourselves, where we found a Kawhi drop in our laps and just had to, the, the right situation and capitalized. Mm. That's still, the, the, I think the parody in the NBA is getting really good. No, I think I the younger guys coming in and the, yeah, like look at the West right now. The the standing, if you show somebody standing, the standings right now, last year, people are going to be like, what the fuck? Like, what happened? Yeah. Like, did, did like LeBron die or like this stuff? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Right? That like, was, it's like, it's crazy to look at it right now. Wow. Um, but, that's you that's know, a I great segue. Yeah. Because yeah.
0: I want to talk about the West. I want to talk about mm-hmm. So, um, Denver was a runaway leader. Now they're f- sort of falling back to the pack. Um, I've always been in on the Grizzlies, although the John Morant stuff I think is going to just—I honestly think it's going to hurt them in the playoffs. I think it's going to be a, bit of a distraction. But I want to yeah, talk about I mean, the number three team because no one saw this coming. Yeah, no one this year. And if you did, you're a li Say you try to tell me that, <laughs> yeah, I really call you a liar. Yeah, because yeah. no one saw the Sacramento Kings being this good. Mike Brown has to win Coach of the Year, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, Coach of the Year. So yeah. Are the Kings really – I mean, the the situation is, like, are they good? Yes. Can they – are they a real contender to come out of the
1: West, though? Um, I don't think this year, but years to come for sure. But at the same time, like, the the issue about the Kings is, like, they've been known to be not a good organization. Yeah. So just this – like, just this offseason, they can make some horrible moves and ruin what they have right now.
0: Yeah, no, no, you're right. But, but I think I think I think they have a smart guy. I, I like this kid, this uh, the GM there, Monty McNair. He's
1: he's he's an interesting
0: guy. He came out of um, Houston system, but he also you know
1: he, he's got ties to Antonio. Yeah. So like
0: I don't know. I think I think there's something there.
1: Yeah, for sure. But at the end of the day, like the owners are still the owners, right? So <laughs> there's that act factor too. But as well, I I love it. I love everything that like it. It brings back. Memories of like the old kings, right when there was like Mike Bibby, uh, yeah. Page, you know all those the the the, the old cowbell era, type oh, uh, kings. Yeah. So much excitement and like I just to bring back what I was talking about before. This team has multiple different tools in their toolbox. Well, that's right. What
0: we get to. Yeah, that roster is is something to look at, right? Like
1: it, they- it's very well balanced, and the starting lineup. I love Keegan Murray. I think Keegan Murray will be a really good might be even a better version of um well, I, it's a little too far fetched, but OG, right? He, nope. he can't be that three and D uh, player, right? Like, it's, I think, it's, I think that's a very good comparison.
0: I think, I think Keegan Murray is, is going to be that guy.
1: Yeah. He's very quiet and he doesn't need to do much on the court right now, but he does his job. He will, he will, he will lock down your best player and he can lock you down from point guard to center. Right. All he needs down is he has a mid-grading game that OG doesn't even have right now, but he needs to improve on his shooting and his other stuff. Yeah. And have-
0: I like their team. I'm looking at their, their oldest guy on the active roster, because they do have Matthew Della Vadova listed yeah. here on the roster, but I don't think he, yeah. he plays anywhere. But the oldest guy who actually you know puts on the shorts and stuff is Harrison Barnes, and he's 30. It, fe- yep. it feels like Harrison Barnes has been around a lot longer, but, but he's only 30. Like, that's but the role of young, that they have is dudes.
1: Yeah, like everyone has a distinct role, and they fit perfectly into that distinct role. And then you have Darren uh, Fox, who's killing like killing. last-second shots, and he has a shot now, which is scary, right? Well, and that, he's
0: not with the whole thing with him, right? Was is he gonna ever develop uh, to be like more than just a like an Isaiah Thomas type attack? Exactly,
1: guard. and he's there now. Yeah, and on top of that, he is not going 100 miles per hour anymore. He understands he can go 20, 50. 70 20 right he, he's understanding how to how to work his speed uh and finesse the game a lot better he doesn't have to go full power full blast the whole time right? no you're right
0: i think i think I think he's found you know the gearbox and he can shift yeah. it up and yeah he, i like this team a lot and i really like i do it. too um i like you know the easy ones the big names are Sabonis, you know obviously yeah he's a big man, but like Sneaky sneaky pickups this offseason, you know, that were really good. Like when Kevin Herter got traded from Atlanta, yeah. I was like, oh, that's he's that was guy. really dumb on Atlanta's part. But yeah, but yeah, Atlanta is missing him, aren't they?
1: Yeah, he's a glue guy. He's he's your perfect shooter and defender at small forward position.
0: Yep. And then who would they go? And then I think the steal of the offseason last year was Malik Monk.
1: Yeah, they did we, two. Steals, we all like
0: Malik. But Malik Monk is unbelievable.
1: Yeah. And I think that uh, college connection between him and Fox is really helping out. I, paying think, I think you're him. right. Yeah, yeah. So, so well, all right.
0: So, so that makes me ask the question: When you look at the West, their third, Golden State sixth in the first round. Can they even get past yeah. the first round? Do you think they beat? Uh, do you think Sacramento can beat the champs in uh, over seven
1: games? I do. I think um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough outing. I definitely do lean towards the Warriors because of who they are. Yeah, but like Draymond has become is looking like a bit of a shell of himself. You don't really know what Wiggins is going to get back right now because he's been out for a minute for personal reasons, right? Yeah. So, so that's a huge X factor. Um, obviously, Steph is going to be Steph, but is it going to be a Steph that could carry you for a whole sweep? Well, that's that's that's, the, that's a tough I call. Don't
0: think I don't think the Warriors. Uh, I think it's seven games, but I I actually think Sacramento's got a real shot there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they have the players to match up, right? Like, like Kevin can handle Clay pretty easily. Keegan Murray can handle Clay pretty easily, or Draymond pretty easily. You, yeah, Davion, then you have... Davion Mitchell,
0: you just throw him on on a you know, there's, six, there's six fouls, and and that guy is is a defensive wizard. Like he is, he is, he yeah. locks guys down. Yeah. So, you know, I, uh, I, I, I don't know if I can see them coming all the way out of the West. I like the Grizzlies a little bit more. I like Denver a little bit more. But yeah, they're not, they're not that far off. And I think
1: in a year or two, you're going to be hearing the same things. Yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly really scary to see all the young and up-and-coming teams right now figuring it out, right? Yeah. Like, even, like, the Cavs on our end. It's like, these guys are going to look super scary if they, like, can keep the core together and, and do what they need to do.
0: That's, yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, the whole thing will be money, but you know, that's that's for billionaires and uh, you know, guys uh, who run around like that. I I am still looking at you know coupons from the flip app, so you know, that's where I'm. <laughs> Harrison, know, I, it's really good to reconnect with you, man. Likewise. Uh, let's do. Let's not. Uh, let's not go so long in between. And we'll We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah.
1: For sure. All I right, love man. that, David. Take care. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye.
0: Well, that's the show for this week. Really glad we could get Harrison Chu back on here. Miss that guy. He's a great guest, as always. And if you like this podcast, like, share, subscribe, wherever you get them, Spotify is a great spot for that. As usual, we're going to highlight two big charities that we believe in, which of course is uh, RedCross.org to help with Ukrainian relief and support, and of course- the Love Scarborough campaign, lovescarborough.ca to help with the Scarborough Health Network fundraising. Um, Donations are critical, especially um, as Scarborough hospitals are the oldest ones in the GTA. We'll be back again in seven days. We'll talk then.